Welcome to another episode of Bourbon and Badges, the podcast. I am one of your hosts, Hound Dog, along with my two co-hosts, B-Dub and Slow Ride. What's going on, guys? All I right. can't, I cannot, B-Dub, I cannot believe you left out. This is season so studio. Yeah, but this is Studios. season three, episode one. God. You didn't give me time. You well, didn't when give you introduced time. us, I thought you were done. No, you well, didn't I guess I am now. Say okay. do over sound dog. Do it again, Ray. <laughs> All right. Studio 77, season three, episode one. Ding. And with go. that being said. With that being said. B-Dub, we have a special guest. And I say special, I mean special. Special, not special. Well, it could be special, Ed. Well, this yeah, yeah, <laughs> special, Ed. Hey, I like that. You're special, not. Ed. I had to get that in there. Oh, I know. Ed <laughs> Torres has so many titles, it's hard to introduce you. Assistant <laughs> Chief, retired Assistant Chief, guest on your PD. Right. Ed Torres, welcome to the show, brother. Yeah, thank you. Hey, this is an honor and a privilege. We have looked forward to this for a long time because there's just so many stories. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And like the three of us, uh, Ed knew and loved Buck as much as we did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was my first Adam. I joined the PD in 98, and he was my uh, Adam team partner. So we had teams back then. Yeah. And uh, we quickly grew to be. The best of friends and uh, chess partners, and uh, went through a whole variety of things. Yeah, the chess thing was a pre-podcast story, yeah, and we yeah. always say the best stories are the ones we tell yeah, before we podcast. Absolutely, all these, just yeah. hit the record button next time. That's, That's what we need to right. do. <laughs> to let them know, just hit it. And I tell you, you know, I, and I alluded to the fact I had a Buck and Ed story, and I, the first time I met you was in the cafeteria at the, the police department. Really, Buck introduced us. <laughs> and afterwards, you left. Buck says, "Man, he's the smartest guy I know." And I told, I'll tell Buck everybody, never had good judge, ju- good judgment. Well, I tell everybody like I, like I told Buck then. I said, "Well, the thing about it, Buck is the rest of it didn't set the bar too high." So. <laughs> there you go. That qualifies. Yeah, yeah. but that that you are a very intelligent man, and you uh, retired as assistant chief. Yes, sir. Last year. Welcome to the world of retirement. Yeah, yeah uh, retirement that's non-retirement. <laughs> we're yeah. retired from one field retired from one field yes. and, and done another well hound dog has the best yeah. thing about that about being retired yeah, it's the best job i ever had yeah, yeah it is it is it does add a a sense of security when you're on a fixed income that's what i tell people i'm on yeah. fixed income yeah. there's a difference between working because you have to right. and working because you want to exactly yeah well i'll add something to, something to that there's a difference between you know, working a career, so you, you get in police and it's because it's fun or you have some moral motivation or something. And then, you know, you, you start going in the ranks or you start specializing like investigations, whatever else, you know, vice for two, well, all three of you guys, vice, and Steve moving up in rank. And then it, it becomes go. a career. Here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I can't play that card. That. There's a sissy chief here. I can't play the sergeant card. He's no, a sergeant. Yeah. He's a sergeant. And uh, in fact, he had he had sleeves. Remember, you had temporary stripes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Velcro. I remember that Velcro uh, stripes on there. Uh, actually, one of the chiefs told me once I first got promoted to sergeant, and I asked him because there was a big pay deal about people getting a four year degree. You remember that? Oh yeah. There was yeah. a certain. Uh, later on, chief and all that business that he and a couple others marched on City Hall and said, we should get paid more than those other sergeants that don't have a four-year degree because it was kind of a novel thing. And I had my degree long before I even went to work there. And so they got this healthy raise. So um, there had been uh, an event with a certain person. He eventually became a general, 
in the Army, if you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah well, we, yeah. you can name drop here. Sorry. Okay, we, so um, Guinness. And, uh, and so once he had left, there were some questions about, you know, promotional processes and all this stuff. So I just happened to be a part of the crew that came in after that. And when I made the list, they had to go down the line. For the, for the listeners, j- uh, Chiefs didn't have to go down the line. They could jump you. They could jump you every time your name came on the list. Remember, you could make top of the list, but you didn't necessarily have to get chosen to be promoted. Ask McGinnis. Yeah. Wasn't like the top three could they choose from the – Supposedly the top three, and I don't know what the whole thing came, went exactly back to. I do, but I'm not going to elaborate here. It takes too long. That's but how we'll, Steve got it. <laughs> That's not nice. Yeah, and so when when I first got promoted, I had you know a couple of the, the captains come in and a couple of the old old sergeants come in. Oh yeah, you're going to make X, Y, and Z, you know. And I'm like, no, no, that's that's not what they showed me at HR. In fact, it was like fourteen thousand dollars less than what everybody said I was going to make. I mean, fourteen thousand dollars back in that's a lot of duckies. Two thousand one. Yeah, that's that's a lot of duckies. I said fourteen thousand. They said, man, you. They screwed up. You, you 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 got a lesser degree? No, no. I came here with one. Well, we're going to go up there and we're going to check on this. They go upstairs and they they talk with Chief Param. Well, we're BSing downstairs and talking back and forth and begin to realize, man, it's it's almost an hour that the captain's been gone to talk with the chief. That's that's not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, eventually, we realize he's standing in the doorway. And he's got this real, eventually this captain becomes chief. He's standing in the doorway and he's got this, he's kind of like shuffling his feet like a, like a little boy, you know, just not, not sure he wants to engage in conversation. Finally, we all stop and say, Hey, you go talk to the man, right? Told him he's not getting paid the right thing. Says, Hey, tell you, but, uh, so then stripes come off as fast as they come on. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. He said, those memos back when those certain people got a pay increase, yeah, that was for those people that include you or anybody else who gets promoted after me. So after that, I said, uh, well, I guess I'm going to enjoy the pay I got. Yeah, well, it don't look right. so bad after That's all. Right. Yeah, <laughs> promotion looks pretty dang good still. So Don't feel bad. We didn't get the drink box money. You know? No, and yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, we didn't get the drink box yeah, money. We got screwed out of that. Yeah. So yeah. you got, okay, the listeners don't know what the drink box money is. Oh, explain for us, B-Dub. It's back in, what, the 1930s or 40s when yeah. people got bottled drinks. Yeah, they'd return them and get like three cent or five cent per bottle. Right. And deposit. Deposit. So that would grow. I mean, it would continue to grow and grow over the decades. Well, nobody put a cap on how much you could make per month. So some of the people up echelon was making five, eight hundred dollars a month, and you got the patrolman fifty dollars a month. Okay, but <laughs> how, how did that play into our, uh, uh, us as far as a pay thing? Because that was going to be part of your retirement. Us being cops, yeah, it was going to be part of your. But the Drake uh, box fund was the, talking about the us as cops. We would get a portion of that money. Correct. Right. Right. It'd be some. Of, it'd be another part of your retirement income. Yes. When you retire after, you know, 25, 30 years or whatever. So, but we got back our initial investment because then it was not doing as well. So we had to supplement it and have money taken out of your check. Then all of a sudden that wasn't enough. So they come back and say, we need more money taken out of your check. Oh, and and remember that they, they seen how you voted and yes. tied your name to the vote. So right, if you didn't yes. vote the way they wanted, then, you know, you feel well, like, like yeah. McGinnis didn't vote the right right way. <laughs> <laughs> he can come on and explain yeah, that one. That's right. But yeah. they did. Yeah, they knew how you voted on that. Yeah. 
And then if you didn't vote to do the supplemental withdrawal from the paycheck, yeah. then you was not on the good list. Kind of like the old days. We got you down in our book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah then eventually it just ran out of money. And they just gave you money back yeah. that you took out of your check. Yeah. And that was it. Done. Well, yeah. And I tell you, give Eddie Axon, Sergeant Eddie Axon, a shout out because he He's started digging into yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I actually made sergeant when that first happened. We had the first meeting, and I was told since I was a rookie sergeant, I didn't have opinion yet. So I had to sit to the corner room, and we met on 3rd, 3rd Avenue at the FOP headquarters That's where cool. Mike Schwartz was at. And we had a meeting. He brought out the actuary that says, hey, so he's been putting in money, and you guys have been putting in money, but it ain't enough. Yeah. And – uh well, the, the brass is getting all cut. The brass, knew, the brass knew they were going to be able to reap rewards enough. Some were making about close to $700 to is pay for correct? a Corvette. Am I correct? A Corvette. Nice, Cor- shiny red yeah. one. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, uh, and and no one told us. And so by the time. I didn't it, get a Corvette. That's right. And I think by the time it came down for a vote, you imagine telling people this, hey, we I think they need to decrease at least 5 7% or 7.5% more taking out your paycheck. We hadn't had a. Back then, we had merit pay, which we won't hit. You meant you didn't get Didn't much. get a pay raise. You got like 1%. Yeah. And uh, and a lot of people said 7% or 7 Heck, good, I can't afford that. And so the uh, overwhelming majority said, just give me my money back. Yeah. But it used to be a big sale. In fact, that's what got me started at Gastonia Police Department. I had all Yeah, I mean, we were that, all told that. They said, that you've got That and free life insurance yeah. for the rest of your life, yeah. regardless. Right. And we so, don't get that anymore either. No, it's prorated, and I didn't know that either until uh, – Yeah, none of us are pros. <laughs> Thank goodness I'm one of the few that where I got to, to leave and get health insurance until we're 65. Yeah, yeah. 65. And, and we joined that club. Yeah, we're, we're actually in that boat. We're, in that, we're all in that boat. Yep, Medicaid, Medicare. I don't even take the insurance. I use my wife's insurance. I just oh, take the money. See, I don't I, even take it because of my wife's so insurance. Oh, Chris Piano's always been high he's a, rollers. He's a kelp man. <laughs> high rollers. They pay me for not taking it. He's a kid. Pay, man, what, thousand dollars a year? I think it is thousand dollars. Yeah, it is. So I mean, I don't need it. I just go. Yeah, B Dub's kept man. You're gonna start losing listeners. No, they're gonna no. say what? He's I don't not... need their insurance. I, oh, the okay. insurance my that's wife right. have is better. That's what I'm saying. Well, well I need the money. Yeah. Well, trust me. Well, that's I'm gonna the, fast forward ahead and say, Ed, yeah. you're the best type of guest we have. Oh, I was getting ready. To something bring that is fixing to happen. Keep your hands well, on the table. Oh my God! You, not, you brought liquor. Not only did you bring liquor, he didn't bring a bottle of liquor. He brought yeah. four, four bottles, bottles, bottles of liquer. Yep. So, yeah, you, if our listeners have to actually try to picture our table, yeah, we have. I, we went and dug through the uh, out in the green room and dug up a whole lot more glasses. So it looks like, <laughs> jeez, looks like a crap load of glasses. On. Yeah, it looks like yeah. a table at a bar. When people came in at like twelve noon and didn't lead to a closing, yeah. The yeah, but the, the apartment looks like a bar. Yeah, it does. It okay. does. Thanks, yeah. We we'll call it the studio. Yeah. studio. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> it is Studio Seventy Seven. Studio oh, okay. Seventy Seven. Studio Seventy Seven. And can... we are the voice of the uncommon perfect people. Perfect person. Uncommon. <laughs> the uncommon. So, you brought, you brought this uh, bourbon with you, so what are we right. drinking tonight? Okay. Yeah, I understand. There's a big story behind this. There is a big story behind this. So. uh you know, kind of push forward. My my sister lives. My sister, right, kind of lives in Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, obviously, you just to be in Kentucky. So about, I guess, it depends on whose book you read. About ninety percent of all bourbons from America, and you can't be bourbon technically unless it comes from America. Correct. 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 Um, so I'm hoping you guys can keep me in check for what information I have. Sounds like you're on top of things, brother. 
But uh, so about 90% of them are, are uh, distilled there. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the distilleries get to be bought out by big names and even international groups. Right. So uh, without finger pointing at a lot of these really good bourbons, uh, I was mentioning, I had walked in the store and seen the ABC store and seen Reggie and uh, I was picking up some bourbons uh, and uh, I was telling these guys, I'm, I'm a bit of a prepper, right? So I keep all my, I keep extras. I have the high dollar stuff occasionally. And then I have the average, the, what we call it, the number seven, number seven, number seven, daily right? drinker, the daily, daily drinker. drinker. I'll have to remember that. Um, and then you have some of the, some of the other stuff that you just kind of mix in wherever. And so Reggie said, well, Hey, if you're looking for something that's pretty smooth, got a little bit of history and whatever you need to pick down on that old crow. And so I picked up the old crow and said, Hey, this <laughs> for that price, that yeah, is economical pour. I was going to say economical pour. So, you know, I looked into it and old crow, uh, the original supposedly originator of the sour mash process, Dr. Jim Crow, um, he ended up that that whole distillery ended up getting bought out about thirty some years ago by Jim Beam, the big guys right on the block. The Jim Beam does Knob Creek. They do uh, Maker's isn't Maker Mark Maker's Mark. They don't do Maker's Mark. No, Jim Beam makers. They um, it's uh, dude. I'll think of it here. They do the Basil Haydens. Basil Hayden. There's another big name that they Knob, do. Creek, Knob Creek. Uh, what else? Who else they've got in their in their stable? Uh, I can't think right now. There's a really big name that's in there. I'll think it. I had a brain fart. But so anyways, um, I was like, I, you know, I mentioned to his sister, hey, have you have you picked up this stuff? It's a it's a pretty good buy for what it is, and it's mellow. And uh, so she's like, well, you know, there's, there's this Glens Creek distillery that's on the Old Crow that bought the Old Crow distillery location. You want to do a taste test? Was well, a nice segue there. Is yeah. a nice segue. So I go up there to to see the horses run, bet on the horses at Keeneland, and just happened to be the opening of the year in April. So I said, you know, yeah, well, let's go up there and try it. So first day we were up there, we rushed there. We're the last tour, really great tour, and this is the way I describe it. And and maybe you guys can change this up for me. When you go to these taste testings, I don't care if it's wine or or bourbon or whatever. But when you get to the big boys, right, I'm not going to point fingers at names. They're very polished usually. They tell you about, you know, what it is to distill something, right? Yeast and sugar make alcohol, okay? And then they talk about their marketing, how they got there and how many places and brands they they make for the names that they're allowed to tell. And this was different. So go in there and the owner – uh, David Meyer, Mayor, I think I'm saying right, Meyer, and the owner and the chief distiller, which is the same man, made everything in place, along with a, a few choice cohorts. I, I regret not remembering all their names, but uh, basically that's who you sit with. And so he's on the original distillery location. Now, he can't use the Old Crow name explicitly because Jim Bean bought it out. But he's there on the on the same place, and he's extracting for, I guess, better description, the yeast from that same location. So you're getting the old crow yeast from that building, and he makes a wonderful product. And so everything I tasted, I was like, man, this is magic. Now the yeast strand lives on for 
decades forever. and yeah, for yeah, it and goes so, way back to the very first yes. opening of Old Crow. So what's interesting? He sits there. He he was kind of like what you would call an industrial engineer for for lack of better words in manufacturing for decades. So the man's mechanical genius, obviously, very very smart, monstrous man, and uh, he is the he tells the raw version of the craftsmanship of making bourbon. He's not telling you this is what distiller, uh, you know, distillation is. This is how we get the alcohol it splits off here. And then boom, we put it in the bottle and this is how our name got out there. He doesn't do that. He tells about the craftsmanship. He's, he's what I'd call the Ron white of distillers. And you get to sit with the man. And the other interesting thing was it just has a steampunk. If you like to go to a place and it's not got the commercialized stuff that's very glassine and, you know, polished. And then if you go to another distillery that's big and there's a little bit different and someone put a little restaurant with their place and whatever else. Mm-hmm. And it's not that. You're there with the, the distiller, the owner, and the man that's making the stuff sitting about three feet from your back. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so here you go. So I was like, man, I can't just bring one thing. Um, excellent guy. We might be able to call him if you want to tonight. I don't know if he'll pick up, but, um, he said, give him a call if, if we're, if we're feeling randy about it, but I brought four things that I thought might be kind of unique. So I knew you were, you're a big Knob Creek guy and I know Buck used to be a, and when you, when you say you, you're, you're, you're looking at me, I'm looking at you, Steve, Steve. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't tell you this prior to the podcast, yep. you know, of course we're just being heard. Yep. So it's kind of like telling a blind person a story. Yeah. Okay. So when you, so when you talk about me, it's just, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's hard to, I always got a lot of the guys at work, you know, I work with a bunch of retired cops and federal agents and whatever else. They're all got wonderful stories. A lot of them are bourbon drinkers. They all have a, their own flavor profile, just like uh, Reggie here. He's, he's, when he talks about it, I'm I'm beginning to learn his flavor profile, but I learned really early on. You can't buy bourbon and think, man, that's good for me. And the next person will taste and they're like, Oh yeah, you're You're damn crazy. That tastes like crap. That tastes like shit. Where are you at on the scale? You know, like you, I'm a knob Creek. I'm I'm a deep barrel flavored. I'm a Woodford reserve. That's my number. So so we're pretty close. Yeah. Bargetown might be yeah. pushing out from there. And Woodford Double Oak is a really yeah, good it pour. Is very yeah. good pour. Yeah, a lot of the guys talking about that Double Double Oak. Now, I like Calumet Farms, which is a Bargetown probably. Hound, Hound Dog is more of a sweet. Sweet wheat. Yeah, he's more of a yeah. wheat. Yeah. When Buck was with us, Buck was more of a uh, spicy guy. He liked spicy the rice. Spicy rice, yeah. I, don't, I like sweet stuff. I don't like the spicy stuff. <laughs> just so just hang with me, B-Dub. I, I, I'll, 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 this I'll take you places. <laughs> See, I have a, an S wheat, which is a predominantly wheat. Bourbon, and then I have one OCD. So this one, this one is the yeast from the original Old Crow Distillery. Well, only can get it. Only can get it from Glens Creek Distillery. Um, so y'all who haven't been there, if you like doing those types of things, go see Glens Creek. And then I've got a corn only. So they one time they ran out of rye and whatever other grains, barley or whatever else, and they said, well, you know, technically. Bourbon whiskey is fifty percent corn. Well, it's or more. Yeah, to be to be whiskey, it's just fermentation grain, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. So, you, what about one hundred percent? So we have a one hundred percent. Now, yeah. now when, when you said they ran out, the actual distiller you, you you were talking to ran out, or somewhere during 
the course of the history of yeah, the, he said we ran out of rye grain, could not rely, could not rely on getting any on short order, and we did not want to stop production. So we asked the question: What would happen if all you used was corn? So they decided to give it a try. Put the you know whatever came out of the still, they put in the barrel, and at that point they said, "Hey, this is good stuff. We'll call it that's COB corn that only bird." Well, you know, normally the the reason they do the barley because you know they treat the barley and I think it's from fermenting. Right, right, and that's why it's a malted barley. Right, yeah. To get to get the everything started, so I wonder how they did it with the corn. Oh, I don't. If if when you sit there, the man does a great, great presentation. It's like I said, the steampunk raw version versus the other stuff, which is kind of like more of a marketing aspect when you get to the big boys. Yeah, and then the last is a specialty called Hamilton Dark. Dude, this stuff's smooth. I can understand. Uh, yeah, I think we think you probably like that one the best because now the, <laughs> the floor's been open. At it, yeah. And that has the least in it. Yeah, all he says is grain and cane. So technically, I guess the last one may be, you know, it's a whiskey, but is it a bourbon? Probably, I don't know. He'd have to explain that. These three are bourbons. Well, you know, uh, yeah. very interesting getting into them. And also, it's pretty neat. You, he signed all your bottles? He signed, yeah. So, uh, so the great thing was is the man had some police patches up on the wall. And, you know, obviously – just like uh, Reg was up there not too uh, recently. Some places are closed down. You just never know when some of these places close down, right. uh, particularly during COVID last year. Jeez, are we allowed to use the word? Cold, jeez. Oh, uh, yeah, you, you well, probably have this excited. <laughs> yeah. the, the guy over in Russia, he, in Russia, he just automatically got rid of all COVID when he started a war with Ukraine. Yeah, it's not yeah, 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 We don't have it no more. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, as far as as far as going over there, you, you don't always know when they're open up and whatever else. But he had all the cops comes up. We always love to hand out patches. Anybody who who knows cops like that. Now the challenge coins, challenge coins, a big deal. Yeah, that's big. Mm-hmm. That's big. And I don't think people realize what a challenge coin. You know what a challenge coin you're supposed to be doing. I know what the renegade pigs do with their okay. challenge coin. Well, okay, so let's see if this same. So when I first became a bomb tech, we got challenge coins for you know becoming bomb techs and of course the back then the united states army is who used to certify bomb techs and they'd give you these challenge coins and they're like now you carry your challenge coin and when you go to any bar particularly Ding. down there oh. yep. yep you throw it down and if someone doesn't have their coin they're paying for all the rounds is yeah. that correct that's correct yeah right. so that's what we were so the average person now they get these coins and they like collect them and i see them in these little showcases and you better have it in your pocket you better have it in your, <laughs> but they're never in their pocket they have them for and i'm like a challenge coin should be worn and gritty it and should be used it should be used and you should be able to throw it out you know and then if you meet somebody else in your team group so it predominantly i think started i might be wrong with the military oh, i'm, oh, I'm sure it did yeah nine percent stuff does yeah and you throw down that coin and if another bomb tech didn't have their coin, they're buying. Well, that yep. could be expensive, though. <laughs> yes, it can. Well, see, now, it, also, though, if everybody else has their coin, yes. the guy threw his first coin down buys. buys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, let's get into this, uh, Okay. Ed. So, uh, which ones would you like to try first? What's your one you want to yeah, let's, let's, choice, try, huh? let's try the, the wheet here first. So. Sweet. That's the sweet. sweet. It's sweet. listed as sweet. Possibly the sweetest bourbon ever is what they say. And, oh, that's uh, right in Hound Dog's wheelhouse. Yeah. Like yeah. So how about, I'm going to tell you, Hound Dog, would, would you want to pour? Sure. Hound Dog's that's normally great. the pour. He's a good that's pour. It. Let me see glass, Ed. All right. I'm handing glass. <laughs> <laughs> that messes there, buddy. Oh, I'm telling you. Uh, see, we, have a, we have a sound bite of the pour. Yeah. And then you use this one. 
And he stops in his tracks. It's like, what the? Well, he's a master poor. Look at yes, this guy. Yes, sir. Master. You got to go to college for yeah, that. I did. Yeah. Oh, not for that, but I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So, uh, so now what, what is this? Which one's this? So this is uh, a heavily weeded bourbon. It's heavily weeded. Yep. All right. So we, we're anticipating this is going to be sweet. And it's got the uh, proof on the side. Oh, wow. So if you look at Yeah, look proof. at that. Uh, give put a little you, background. Put your eyeglasses on, on yeah. there. Yeah, he signed all my. It that is, is extremely sweet on the nose. 109 proof. 109 proof. Yeah. And so, yeah, you you guys do an excellent job describing it. Usually when you get that higher proof, you start breaking 100 and going up. It starts getting spicy because you're tasting more alcohol than flavor. But all right, on the uh, on the bottle, this is bottle number sixty one from barrel number six, hundred nine proof. I call my volume is fifty four point five, and I'm trying to see if it has a uh, has a really nice color to it. It says it on here distilled and aged and bottled by Glens Creek Bottling Company LLC. I was trying to see if it had a mash bill on it. Does it have a mash bill? So, a lot, a lot of his stuff is very, very dark. It's very rich. Now he did okay. explain that a lot of people think it's got to be in a, you know, oak barrel, you know, charred, not used more than twice. Blah blah blah. He says actually the rules say it has to be in a storage container, like a charcoal. Oh yeah, filter container. Correct. All right. right. This is aged at least thirty months. So it could actually be a square. Yeah. Uh, chest. Yes, exactly. As long as it's made out of American white oak. So what, what's unique for me is when you take this, it is very sweet. It's almost Man, like it's a beer, vice beer sweet. And then only after it gets to the bottom of your stomach for just about 20 seconds, then you say, oh, now there's a nice mellow burn. It, it doesn't burn like, going down. Smell like caramel or something? You know, I'm yeah, getting cinnamon. I'm talking about the yeah, nose right now. Yeah, right. Like, I get a little cinnamon on the nose. Yeah, I agree. And a little leathery, to, uh, leathery smell. Definitely that. Any, any butterscotch at all? Butterscotch, most definitely. Yeah. Well, now that you put it in my mind, yeah. Definitely sweet smell. Sweet. dog, yeah. I mean your mind. But a lot of room in here. That's <laughs> a bad place. The side of your bad place. <laughs> While you're drinking. Yeah, it it's really got a lot of runs off the side, so that it's it's got a really good alcohol Ooh. content. Now you're feeling your stomach. Oh, man. Right? Oh, that you, is good. Feeling good. Is that not good? I like it. I'm going to tell you, you can easily – the shame of it is is when you go to these places – Turn the bottle – by the way, I can see the bottle. No. All right. All right, good. Yep. I'm, I'm writing notes for her. Okay. The shame of it is when you come home, and I'm sure you guys have done the same thing, you have all you have all these like bourbons and the, the big names or you know, kind of the unique names that you've heard of, and you buy it and say, okay, yeah, yeah, that stuff. And then you go somewhere, and you come home, you're like, man – Wish I had a case of this, and I could get rid of like twelve of these that I thought were. That's like me with. Uh, have you ever had Horse Soldier? I've not had the Horse Soldier. Horse Soldier is my absolute favorite bourbon ever. Oh, I'll have to try. And that. it's just now making its way into North Carolina. And man, I'm telling you, it is. Where's it from? It, originally, it's from uh, uh, Florida, but they're having a. They're actually building a distillery in uh, Kentucky. So it'll be a Kentucky straight bourbon here, you know, within the next year or so. I think. Oh, that's that, cool. Yeah, that ratifies it. Yeah. Now, that Sound Dog's very poor, I think it is. Isn't oh, it? absolutely. <laughs> I did a, uh, actually did a blind tasting between that and E.H. Taylor this past weekend. Right. And I chose the uh, Horse Soldier over the E.H. Taylor. It was so wow. damn good. I'll have to try that. <sighs> What's that candy that they called it? The Grasshopper or whatever? The, uh, 
the little hard candy come little individual wrappers. Um, peppermint. <laughs> <laughs> no, not peppermint. <laughs> well, it's called a grasshopper, and I'm trying to think. But almost I'm trying to think. Jolly Ranchers. Jolly, Jolly Ranchers. Ranch, I'm getting it. that. Oh, the, that, that descriptive really would have made me think of Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. <laughs> You did. Someone did. Who thought he put that out? Hound Dog did that. You got the Jolly Ranchers? Yeah. Did you have moonshine before we started today? Never mind. No, I didn't. (laughs) So, B Dub, what what do you think? Well, I like it. It's smooth. It's uh, definitely sweet. I like the sweetness. Yeah, yeah, I do too. You know, it's, yeah. for 109 proof, it does not taste like 109 proof. No, it proof. don't. It doesn't. It's got a dry proof. finish with a uh, yeah. Jolly Rancher type sweetness, sweetness. to it. Yeah. yeah. And, and it literally, it doesn't really burn going down compared to a lot of high proof. I think a lot of people drink the bourbons with the high proof and they think, man, this stuff's really going to knock you back. And the problem is, is it, it just knocks you out. Cause it's like drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just like drinking. Alcohol, but on this, you actually taste the flavor, and then when it's in your belly for a little bit, you're like, Just a little oh, that's warm. nice, warm, yeah. yeah. I don't like it burning it all the way down. I like this would be so. good if you were got a bad respiratory. B-Dub, stay like, sick. Like, no. Not the cough that Barry gave me. I didn't give yeah. you anything, yeah. man. You B-Dub's been sick up. for a month and a half. Really? Really? You hear me coughing right now, Ed? No, yeah, you, because, he the, looks right healthy. The Thank six you. months that you were coughing, Ed wasn't here. <laughs> I can't help you got a bad immune system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's rate this. We got we got four of these done. We got we, we, we have got, got so them. much yeah, to I'm talk about. I'm obviously biased, so you guys are I tell you, we want to pick your brain on so many things. Oh, goodness. I tell you what, I'll start off for a change. Yeah. I'm giving it an eight. Wow. That's like pretty it. high. I like it, it that yeah. much. Well, now, this is, in to be all fair, in your wheelhouse. This, this is. is the pour yeah. you like. Yeah. Beat yeah. up. I'm going to have to go a little higher, 8.5. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Was I, I, I hate to say this. Oh, here we no, go. So if Dave listens to Debbie Downer, I hate to say this with a week. No, no, no an no. eight. What? what? This is actually yeah. poor. It is. Wow. A, and I'm a deep barrel guy, just like you talk, we talked about earlier. Yep. Yep. All right, Ed. I'm, I'm, I was going to do an eight and 8.5 because I thought, well, I don't want to be biased. But I'm going to tell you, it's a nine. Okay. It's a nine. I, can, I agree. I, I can I've agree. had a lot of. Uh, and that's where I was saying I've had a lot of just like you guys, you know. Everybody says, "Oh, you need to try such and such." You really have daily had. drinker eight point yeah. three, eight point. This is a little gem, and I was like, "My God, why? Why haven't I known this?" Man. I just hate they don't send I'll, it out of state. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, and most Kentuckys are dry. Oh, I will. I yes, will. that is right. Most. So, yeah. well, how do you make oh, yeah, your yeah. money? I mean, most of Kentucky's yeah. dry. And they don't ship oh, it yeah. out of state. Well, as far as I know, I don't know that he what ships to ship it in the trunk. Well, what's, so that's an interesting thing. So, you know, a big craze, a, a really big craze is uh, Weller, Blanton's, uh, Buffalo Trace products. A lot of them, a lot of those are overrated. There are better ones out there. They are. And, and so I'll tell you what happens. I get a shopping list from everybody when I go up to Kentucky because they know I'm going to be all over the place. And they're like, oh, if you can find this, because the prices are cheaper. Yeah. Can, can you give, do you mind giving a price point on that? This is 60-ish, 60, 65. I don't think if it is a little bit less than that, but um, 60-ish. Oh, so he's got four balls like that, so you can tell he's got chief money. <laughs> oh, yeah. he yeah, got yeah, that yeah. good money. Yeah. But what what's interesting is, is again, if you hold this up to a lot of the other ones, man, there, there's, there's a lot of history in that. Mm-hmm. You can look at it and see it. And uh, 
you know, a lot of times, like, you can show up to – and I love Bargetown products. They make one of my favorites, Calumet Farms, 15-year. We, we have that in the liquor store right now. Okay, and, and it's pricey. It is probably 124-ish. 124. Went, and so when you go up to Bargetown Distillery, um, and they got a good restaurant there, if you go up there, and they, they're like the 14th largest distiller. They they rent out a lot of their rick house and stuff, and the guys um, – apparently own like a process on yeast yeast is used in everything oh yeah everything. your food for beer it's not just beer uh, everything yeah. and so they they uh, and petroleum products yeast is used mm-hmm. you can see where the money's at there oh yeah but um yeah you can go up there and you can get it for like usually a hundred bucks 109 so if it's a 120 here it'll be like 109.15 in kentucky right yeah yeah so but this this was like man for that price ooh. I'm, I'm surprisingly I'd, good. I'd I'm not a wheat it. fan. Yeah. Surprisingly good. So I'll have to make another run. And I tell you, <laughs> all four of these bottles you brought are, are well packaged. Yes, they, they are. They well look, packaged they're very attractive bottles. And and the man signed it. So where I was going is some other places, you know, if you're lucky, the distillers or the people who, you know, a lot of these, uh, Reggie was mentioned before we got in here, they'll have that their staff will have a certain amount of input into the blend, right? Yeah. And certain fusions, as they call it, work, and some don't. But on this one, you know, it's it's something when you have the man that owns the place. Oh yeah, turns the mash and welded up the keg sitting on the backside where the juice is running out. Signs a bottle and says, "Come on over here. I want you to try something." How many people work there? Not much. Okay. Yeah. Good. It's, it's what it's you what for jobby dub, dude. I was telling him. I said, "Look, if I was help. in Kentucky." I'd ask the man for a job. There you uh, go. Yeah, that's that's a ticket. Too. Everybody's hiring. But you know, going back to the other about these, these other big names, are several of the guys complain say, "Hey, in North Carolina, I can't get all some of these names." North, so, you know why North Carolina does taxes differently? Then, so I was wondering is is the taxation so high? They say I'm yeah. not pay. I'm not going to pay those taxes to go correct. North and yet we got some guys from South Carolina. So I work with retired cops and federal agents. And uh, we're all contractors. And so they'll go to South – they'll tell their guys from South Carolina, go get me this. And they'll go down to South Carolina, pull it right off the shelf, and North Carolina can't find it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. All right. Let's pay some bills right quick, and yep. and then we, we'll get inside of your mind. We'll get back. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Hello, I'm Don Roper, candidate for Gaston County Sheriff. I'm a Christian conservative Republican, and I would appreciate your vote in the Republican primary coming up in May. I believe we should conduct independent research when choosing a candidate for office. I look at the person's record and past actions when making my decision. That's why I would like to invite you to go to my webpage at DonRoper.com to learn more about me and my campaign. I believe you'll find I have the experience, foundation, reputation, maturity, and work ethic to serve as your next sheriff. The office of Sheriff of Gaston County is an important public safety position. That's why you need a candidate that's ready to serve on day one. I have the resume that's fully developed with the training and experience of leading during the most trying times. My experience is built from being in the field, doing the hard work, not from an office. Thank you for your support. I look forward to serving you as your next sheriff. This ad was paid for by friends of Don Roper. If you're like me, you value experience in the positions where it's needed most. I am Beth Stockwell, and I am running for Superior Court Judge in Gaston County. 
For over 10 years, I have served as an assistant district attorney here in Gaston County. I am the experienced candidate in this race, having actually prosecuted multiple homicides, drug trafficking cases, sex offenses, as well as many other felonies. I have fought to protect the citizens and communities of Gaston County. Not only do I have vast experience in the courtroom, I am also a strong Republican who will fight to uphold the Constitution as it is written. On May 17th, send experience to the bench. I am Beth Stockwell. I am running for Superior Court Judge, and I approve this message. All right, good deal. All right, Ed. So Ed was squinting at something across the uh, room. Yeah, yeah I was reading squinting Eddie at the 4th of July. Ed, I'm a party. published author. That's his book. Oh, here, here we go. go. Here we go. He wrote a children's right. book about that. Oh, really? Can yeah. you believe that? Yeah. And people always ask. And, and, <laughs> yeah. Just the tone of your voice. Just. <laughs> and people always ask. And, and, and yeah. I'm beating a, a, really did. a dead horse. But oh, I, uh, they said, why do you write a children's book? I said, so people on Gastonia can read it. <laughs> oh, that's pretty. So it's only one page. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a picture. It's no words. It's a picture. It's not even a diorama. Yeah, I, I tell you, it's really neat. Out. I wrote it. Okay. My daughter uh, illustrated it. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. It's actually a story that he used to tell his daughter when she was a child. Um, I'm almost fearful to ask. And I'm, all, I'm actually, you know, you, you, you alluded prior to the podcast, and our pre-podcast meeting, that you, know, you, you have written some stuff you haven't published yet. That's correct. So at some point it will be. Oh, yeah. There's people <laughs> who would love to pay me not to. Right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm on a uh, – Right. Yeah, I'm on, my, I'm on a second book, and I'm, I'm on my second write of it, so – Oh, that we'll, is we'll cool. talk about that, especially when you go to get try to get published. Some right. some stuff I'm going through now it might make it easier for you. I was going to say, so uh, Adam Wilson, if you're familiar with yeah, Adam, Adam, Adam. Uh, he had a tactical reload, and uh, we were talking about publishers and a lot of stuff that he learned about. You know, they take a big cut when you try to publish a book and whatever else, and and really putting it in print. Uh, is just kind of a novelty nowadays since everything is so electronic and whatever else. But yeah, I'm, I've trying to choose the right time. There's been so many things that have happened, uh, you know, socially, you know, the old, old, uh, <laughs> Tell me the right time. The right time is the when right you, time. when they say book, Ed, yeah. I like your book, but you're fired. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. We're not published yet. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still a little, little bit on the law enforcement side. So I'm still state certified, right? So tell, tell us what you're doing now. You, you retired okay. assistant chief of city of Gastonia. I retired from assistant chief of Gastonia. And, you know, when you, when you leave a place you, you and you've been there so long, so I got 25.33 years of credit service, right? Uh, get the cat, you get to turn in your sick leave. So I had a couple of years sick leave. So the uh, way it is, and, and, and this is hard to explain to some people, but in law enforcement, when you reach 55 and, you know, a couple of decades or 30 years, the moment you're eligible to retire that you don't, they keep a part of your retirement that you never get back, right? Call yeah, you lose one. money if you don't you retire every month. Yeah, every month. And so when I reached 55, um, you know, it, it became really – and I've been working on the numbers for a couple of years. B-Dev knows this from all the guys' advice, um, everybody talking about what their plans were and figuring out when's the right time. When do you retire? And it's a little bit different than civilians. Civilians can continue to work and the money – Pretty much, you know, if they save their 401k or Social Security, um, builds up over the years. But for law enforcement, there's a point where it's like an insurance policy. And if you don't draw on that policy past a certain point, well, you're not going to get cash value. 
And so the point being is, is you get a state retirement, which is 60% of the money you make. That's based on your years of service and what you last made. And boom, they got some little formula. The highest 48 consecutive months or something like that. Correct. Highest 48 consecutive months. A lot of people think it's the last four years, but yeah. it's not. The highest 48, 48 consecutive, consecutive months. months. But then you get a thing called a supplement or what we used to call early out. Early out. And what that is is what your city, county would pay you as an apportioned amount, again, a formulary. I actually remember the dang formula. I sent out a how to retire before I, uh, just within a day or two of me leaving, people were walking the hallway with the paper and like, oh, my God, do, do I do I need to change what I do? I said, yeah, you're going to be poor. Just, just get used to it. But uh, yeah, go work at the liquor store. Yeah, shirt press. I ch- I checked into y'all's gig and I said, no, nah, I can't afford that. Um, <laughs> but but at the end of the day, that supplement is paid by the city, county, whatever, and it's about thirty percent of your pay, and it comes with uh, a little waiver there. At sixty two, it ends. Done. Done. So thirty percent of your retirement. So people are like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I won't get this money, and then you're like, "Hey, do you realize uh, you're gonna lose thirty percent of your income by sixty-two? Do you have plans to have another income? Have a good four hundred one k. Have a good four hundred one k. That's right. Yeah, things well, they don't tell you when you're young. Let me tell and they you, they should tell yeah. you that every you. week we're in the studio. Hound Dong B Dub points out the fact I'm getting ready to turn sixty-two. <laughs> man, but I'm gonna tell you. So this this is not just blowing smoke, right? You. Have not freaking changed since the day I met you. Oh my God. Does that mean you still don't like me? <laughs> no. Reggie has not really changed. He's got a little grayer, fatter. His beard no, got grayer. His, his beard got a little bit grayer. He used to be a lot more red. But dude, there's people like you that just don't change. B dub has not changed. He's a little bit grayer. Yeah, grayer. But you know, I look at you, and then I look at me, and I'm like, man, I've just no. Other you, you, you got you, no, you've got a a, a goatee now. But to tell you, know, you and I, uh, no, no, I'm I'm pointing at Ed. Right. Yeah, you, know, you and I, we didn't work together till we were sergeants. That's correct. And you and I, and, and just for our listeners, you know, the city was broken down into three districts. But I knew a lot about you from Buck. You, oh, you can't believe anything Buck tells you. Don't believe everything Buck says. And the vice. Oh, yeah. Buck and I, a long time Okay, we can't, we can't tell those stories. Oh, okay. <laughs> but no, we, 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 you, know, you and I and Frank McMurray worked together. Yep. With one sergeant for uh, district. Per, right. Yeah. Yep. And, Went from uh, teams and, I, was, to and I was on that shift when I come out of vice. Worked for you when I come out of vice. Yep. You pointed to Ed. Ed. Yep. I'm not going to work for you. <laughs> I, work, I, work, I, work, I work for you. Hey, I work for you now. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. But no, so. Yeah, and it used to amaze me. You, you're on the bomb squad, and that amazed me in itself. Why someone want to be on the bomb squad? They volunteer for that. Yeah. Well, Ed would work. We worked third shift, and Ed would just go to the bomb truck because you live what forty five minute drive home or something. So from drive. Gastonia now with traffic, it's like forty five fifty minutes from Gast from Charlotte where I work. It's like an hour if you're if you're racing seventy five minutes, but an hour and a half. So yeah, I live I live fifteen minutes from. South Mountain State. Park. Oh, that's great. That is great. Yeah, I mean, I got about, my friend. 
I have a little bit less than 20 acres that I live on, and the view of the corner of my property looks at the mountains. Oh, that's, that, that is, is great. That is cool. Yeah. But in saying that, yeah, you would go to the bomb truck and sleep until <laughs> yeah. bomb, what, 8 o'clock, I guess, come? Yeah, to, then to, to I'd do come the, right in, and I'd do a full day again. Oh, no, yeah. Then, yeah, you'd, you'd do the bomb stuff, and you'd do yeah. your drive home, drive back to work, and, and somewhere yeah. you had to sleep, I guess, while you drove to and from work. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Autopilot. Yeah. Autopilot. And that just, uh, used to just amaze me. I'm like, gosh, I need to do that. That's a, it's funny you make mention of that because on top of that, I had a side business. You remember the side business? I had a landscape and lawn service for years. Well, that's true, yeah. yeah. And it's it. I sold it once I became a captain. I couldn't. I couldn't run it during the day because you know they want. It oh, you're making captain money. <laughs> yeah, 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 we don't need Again, a part time That was job. another like, hey, don't we need got that. We the city's got no money. <laughs> you know, like, sound dog. He he had that little. Captain Stab. Oh, I'll yeah, be, I'll be I'll be captain. <laughs> there you go. I knew. That's like when you had Bruce here and you're talking about lieutenants. Oh, yeah. 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 Lieutenant yeah. Bruce. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and let me tell you this. Oh, now, okay. you, you are a jack of all trades. I am. You do the blacksmithing stuff. Holy cow. You right. And he does excellent blacksmithing. He's done some yeah. stuff for me before. Excellent Man, it's been a long time. Yeah. I used to do a, a lot of blacksmithing. Just haven't, just haven't had time. If I had my dream job. You're retired, Ed. You can have your dream job. So So, other than podcasting, yeah, I guess you'd be a podcaster, right? If you had a job, (laughs) yeah, it would be it would be a shop that where I could do all this wonderful woodwork with the epoxies in it. You know, those beautiful colored epoxies with the underlining, and then just do the steel work. That houses it. That's my ultimate goal. That's my true retirement. Gift. Well, yeah, and it's no yeah. secret. You know, I have a little place in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. And I have a really, heard about it. Really nice fire pit. Yeah. <laughs> really nice fire pit. <laughs> yeah. And I needed a fire. What a poker? What you you need it? a fire poker. I made you a fire poker. Yes, you did. I come to you and say, hey, man, I yeah. would like something. And you and I let have the, it. Oh, yes, sir. It's, it's known as the trident. <laughs> the trident. The man uh, needed a poker. And I left, I left it totally up to you. You <laughs> yeah. said, what do you want? And I said, well, I need it at least this long, you know, because. Uh, yeah. Big fires. Yeah. Big parties. And, man, it, it, I still got it. And it, it is still, uh, it's the trident. Is what I'm saying. It is unbelievable. Oh, the the cool. workmanship. You, you, twisted, you twisted this, yeah, yeah. the metal or whatever, and you just. Uh, so so you got it. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to kill this word, ornate. 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 Well, what's funny is stuff. So that type of stuff goes in phases. So when Lord of the Rings came out, everybody wanted swords. And, of course, what's funny is now Forge and Fire has been out for for years now. It's kind of lost. That's one of my favorite shows. So what's cool is is, I actually hooked up with um, Jason Knight. Uh, briefly, you know, the guy used to wear the kilt. He was, mm-hmm. he was one of the judges. Yeah. I remember him. And, really? uh, oh, met, oh. met him up at Spruce Pine when his son was doing one of the uh, fire on the mountains up there. And that was a really good, good time. Uh, we drank, I had shown up, said, I want to, uh, uh, if you don't mind, I'll have a picture with you. And he'd been hanging around watching his 17 year old son. And they give you things to do, like make a spoon, but you're getting a billet of metal that's the size of like one inch. I'm done. And it's like one one inch by one inch, and you gotta make a spoon, right? And you gotta make it novel to win the that's not easy. So um so anyways, I, I see him standing there and I tell my wife and my daughter, I said, That's Jason Knight. That's he's from Forge and Fire. That's that's pretty damn cool. So walk over there and just as his as the that series of competitors were coming to a close. I said, hey, do you mind if I take a picture with you? And uh, we're using my phone. And that was a mistake because all the people then suddenly oh, realized, oh, man. Jason Knight, you know, he's, he's the Drew guy. Drew all the attention. Oh, my God. 
And so the whole people surround there, and I said, hey, you know, I just want to get up here. I thought it was pretty cool. He's like, well, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a cop, but I'm also a bomb tech. I use explosives, and I thought about using explosives to do artwork, right, because you can do that. And, uh, and you get somebody to hold a bomb and say, here, hold this. Put cameras around them. <laughs> yeah, so I was, was going to do Shoot that. Shoot this one time. <laughs> and so he's like, well, that's pretty. And suddenly there's, I'm not kidding, there's a hundred freaking people around. And we get crowded out. And, and my wife's like, ah, you know, he got a picture with my daughter and me. And we're like, okay, well, hell, let's get something to drink and a beer. Well, I'm starting to walk down these steps, if, you, if you're familiar with Spruce Pine. Cute little downtown area there. They had some of the the competitors from Fortune Fire there. Guy wears a kilt and the horn on the side. He was down there. He had some nice stuff. Don't remember all their names. I apologize. And so I'm walking down there, and Jason yells out over the crowd and says, Hey, what you doing right now? I said, Well, I'll get something to eat and get a beer. He said, Hold up. And so – met up with him he he kind of you know took care of the crowd he did his he did a great job there and then we hooked hooked up and we just sat around for a couple hours and and drank beer and ate barbecue and talked about stuff and he's he's just a really normal guy they didn't bring him back because of some you know it comes down to what they're willing to pay people not pay people and all this stuff i always thought he was pretty cool yeah as uh one of the judges but, uh, yeah, you know, and so I've been doing that. And then there's uh, – I love furniture. Furniture is a really cool thing because you blend wood and steel. Yeah, old Hound Dog used to make furniture out of store. I did. I made furniture out of truck tailgates and all kinds of stuff. Oh, that is that is cool as crap. I'd like to see it. You know, Ed, I love your stories. Yeah. But I love your liquor better. Can you do another pour? I, we can do another pour. I need another nice. pour because Slow Ride's talking about the longer the poker, the better. You know, he just said that. So there, there we go. Can we call it a fire raker? There we go. If fire I were, can we call raker. it a fire raker? Okay, B dub. I don't want a poker. But if I call you, I want a fire raker. Don't tell me the longer the poker, the better. So I, I noticed that B dub size does not matter. Okay, That's right. So I've noticed in these these podcasts that I've been listening to that there's a predominant theme, and it usually steers from one side. But I'm just saying. Oh, really? So, who's that side? Well, I, I take this poker, man. Seriously, I can stick it in the ground. Yeah, you, you can kill a boar with it. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's called but something else. You, you can just stick it in the ground and and hang like a lantern or anything. I mean, How it's just. He made me, he made me a brand with my initials on it one time. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I said I'm gonna make you a brand. You can actually use it. You'll stick it in a fire. Oh, and you can burn oh. a cow hide. Yeah, can we? I try to can we brand you with. during one of the podcasts? No, we can brand you. <laughs> no, because you, you be what, my what? bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving. So moving on to the next. Pour. Hey, he was looking to beat Dub when he said <laughs> that. Buddy. I'm leaving. No, he's not. Moving on to the next. So since we're talking about uh, Old Crow Distillery, obviously, you know, he can't actually use that title as his distillery. He's Glens Creek, which I imagine is that big creek behind there, which runs behind two other major distillers. I'm not going to match them at the table right now. Competitors. Uh, but what we have here is OCD number five, and it's 107 proof, barrel 85, bottle one. The man likes his proof, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. he he's got the proof. What's amazing is you don't – get hit with the heat no you don't you don't get hit so what he puts in here it's one of a kind it's the dormant yeast captured from the fermenting tank of number five from the old crow distillery handcrafted spirit similar to the popular bourbon dr james crow made in 1830s this bourbon is named after the special yeast that remained in that uh tank after 30 years okay it's corn rye and barley so now we're here more of a traditional bourbon. So basically yeah. clean the tank and what he 
got out of the cleaning. He put- <laughs> so pretty much what he said is, is, is look, you know, all these distilleries make this big secret about the magic of the yeast. And he said, yeast is in the air, guys. So think about this. If you put something out, does something grow on it? If you put it in your refrigerator, something grows on it. So, oh, yeah. So we, we got is, shots for that. Ed. We're good now. <laughs> that's so right. Good. So yeast is going to do one or two things. Either either you're going to have things like you know bad stuff, bacteria and and whatever, and, and grow on it. Or if it hooks up with the sugars in that product, it ferments, makes what alcohol. alcohol. Yeah. Right. So it's one versus the other. So ethanol. Oh, ethanol. Did did we get a little bit of that pop out of that, or did, is that a? There you go. There you go. That's good. That's All right. Good. So a clean glass. Yeah, let me get a clean glass. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Uh, this is a blend. I don't recall which one you had. This one here. All right. It's good. Oh, so. no. All right. Yeah, just a little bit because, man, we got four of these leaves. He's, he's moving his glass on me. Yeah. Here, I hold mine steady. All right. We've got to get beat up here. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. That's a little lighter on the nose. <laughs> oh, on the, uh, mercy. That's <laughs> why so I had four in Okay. B does stand a night. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. It's a little lighter than those, but still. It's a bit lighter than those. Still, still got a sweet smell to it. Yeah, it's kind of the. I'm going to the Waffle House, look like. (laughs) No, the Hound Dog. Hound Dog's going to go. I'm not going with you. (laughs) Yeah, there's. So, really, there's there's not as much smells. That that wheat, when you open it up, you're like, man. Yeah, that wheat was. This is a little lighter than the wheat. Yeah. Mm. On the nose, anyway. Yeah, it's much lighter. So, you think of Old Crow. Yeah. Right. And. uh, so you really do like that old crow? I, I suggested for you. <laughs> yes, that's a good <laughs> for the price you're paying. I mean, I don't know. I want you to say yeah. that he gave you something good. Dude, he I did suggest- give me something. That's what he wants. Now he you also know, told me to get the soldier's cut. Soldier's cut. Yeah, he told yeah. me to get the soldier's cut. And there's something else what? up there. Unique taste. Unique story. And like the the owner distiller you talked to. Right. Yeah. We've done the soldier's cut. Getting ready to do it on the air uh, one night, and I text the distiller and i'm texting this guy not knowing right it's the freaking owner and he says right. you got time for a phone call i said yes yeah. so i called him 45 minutes hour later we're still on the phone and it's the yeah. owner and he's just giving me a rundown it's like a regular joe it's, it's just yeah. unbelievable how open he was to just talk to you it, right. it's, this seems yeah. to be a, a thing with the uh, owners of distilleries because you know in two weeks we're going to go to a we actually going to a distillery to do a podcast right so it's cool everybody just loves to talk about their stuff I think it's one of the great things in a day and age when, you know, manufacturing is disappearing from here and we won't go into <laughs> politics and we'd love to see manufacturing come back. There's one thing is manufacturing that's really, really a grand, grand deal here in the United States. Bruce, obviously, with beers, which this area is, is very popular for, of course, as you get up towards Asheville and, and across the state, but then bourbon. Bourbon is a distinctly american oh yeah by law it is by by law it is now the same thing can be said now uh glens creek also makes a killer tequila and uh sits up there i think it's one of the finest tequilas i've had and he's been through some tequila training with some woman that that's but what is it he can't call it tequila what does he call it so he calls it ken tequila so just like if you go out of the united states bourbon is is a whiskey right which Technically, all, everything's whiskey. That's a fermented grain. So here, he, he calls it Ken Tila. But, um, you know, tequilas in the in in the South is different because it's not sugarized. Everything in America has a lot more sugar to it. Oh, yeah. It, it is. We love sugar. So what do you all think of this? Well, here? the nose, it's kind of similar, 
It's a little to lighter. The, to the sweet, it's a little bit lighter than the sweet. Yep. Or wheat or whatever. I think it's S-W-E-A-T, sweet. Right. And uh, I get a little on the nose. I get a little leather again and a little yeah. bit of caramel. I would say the I'd OCD say leather, yeah. on the yeah. nose to me is with the uh, sweet, right? Right. It's kind of if you had a sweet and you put an ice cube in it and it melted down. You yeah. Get yeah. Little watery. yeah. It mellows it out. Yeah. yeah. And it had, and actually you can taste the charcoal. I don't think so. I have to give them that away. If you give the back flavor, <laughs> so if you think of the back of your tongue, you can actually taste a little bit more. So the sweet, you taste the wheat. On the OCD, you taste the barrel. It tastes a little bit of the rye in it. Yeah. I, I get, get a, little, a little bit of peppery rye, just a very uh, a hint. Yeah. A yeah. hand of it, on the back will. end, yeah. yeah, on the back end. So that's one thing he was talking about too. It was pretty it's pretty nothing. I'm taking it in. He gave me a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? What's funny that is, is I, I think of where uh, Reggie at one time mentioned because you guys were talking about twelve moving to fifteen year drinks and whatever else. And at what point do you get past like the twelve years? And it doesn't always make it better. Mm. And so the way he described it is, is you know. The, the barrel, when the when the alcohol's in there, not only is it evaporating, so you, you're getting those flavors extract from the barrel, but the barrel begins to t- t- deteriorate, right? It's breaking down the fibers of the barrel. So at what point do you want to break that down and it becomes unpalatable? So I think this one, you actually taste a little bit more of the barrel. Of course, it's not been in there for the amount of years we're talking about. Does it, does it say how long it's been in there on that one? A little more oaky, a little more spicy. Yeah, definitely oaky. Sit on the back on the other one. I take you back to a prior podcast of licking a saddle. Yeah. <laughs> I have never done that, and I don't think oh, I will. leathery, yeah. No, it doesn't say, okay, aged at least three years. Okay. All right, yeah. so it's a little bit a little bit longer than yeah. the... Uh, I think this is more of a, what you could imagine a traditional bourbon of the 1800s would be. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's got and, a good taste, got a good flavor. It's and not, it's got a history to it. It's, it, it's well, the, well, We love the histories behind these yeah, things. Yeah. yeah. So Sometimes the best part of the bourbon is the history of it. It is. You know, and that's I think that's the romance with these. So pretty, pretty interesting as far as the, the smell and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Now, what proof is that? What is, what is so the proof? So this is, and, and so here's what's funny. So this is 107 proof. And that's right? OCD number five. OCD number five, the the supposed yeast from tank number five from the original Old Crow Distillery, the the originator of the sour mash. And what's interesting is this is only two percent difference than the sweet. Now, when the sweet hits your your stomach, it took a few minutes. Then you're like, oh, that's nice and warm down there. This one doesn't do that to you. Think about it. You, oh, you're exactly right. You done. We've been drinking. You drank a few drops off of this, and you're like. Well, it's not burn my stomach, and it's a hundred seven proof. No, I'm still so drinking it. I think for some drinkers, when they don't like that spiciness, you know, particularly if someone a little lighter pout, and they're like, ah, it's too hot for me. This is not too hot. It's good. It's not too hot. Now, I I, I don't rate it as high as the sweet because I like that sweet. No, that like sweet it. is good. Yeah, that sweet is. You better not good. turn your back on that because I'll have a dentist. <laughs> so I was going to ask <laughs> which one of these, you know, before I left, I was going to leave, leave a, a bottle because obviously he signed all. Well, these if days. you keep doing the pours you're doing, you're, you're not going to have it. Yeah. 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 I got it empty handed. Yeah. And B Dub and I have to work in the morning. I don't know about the other two guys. I don't have to work. I'm playing golf. You don't have to work? No, I'm off tomorrow. I'm playing golf tomorrow. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I, I, so I get in real late. By, so they have a, a later crew that shuts <laughs> things down. So by the time they close up federal business, you got to think. Uh, so what is today? Thursday, Friday, Thursday. right? Federal Friday. Federal Friday. So people don't understand that. So the feds operate on a different speed. Well, well, first, give a little background first. Now, you retired uh, last chief. year. Yeah. So now you're working where? So I retired last year as assistant chief in summer. And uh, for all purposes, that's what? Local state. So in other words, when you retire as a local officer, you know, not a state trooper, SBI, but you're still in the same state system. So then I became an independent contractor to the United States Marshals. And what what that is, it sounds much more fancy than, <laughs> than what you do is basically you become an extension of their authority to protect people within federal properties, being the federal courts and probation parole, which is still a pretty cool deal. It's totally different than being a local officer. You're not dealing with the public and doing community functions and stopping robbers, thieves, and whatever. Your job is to protect the federal judges, because you got to think these guys are putting people away for 20, 30 years life on everything imaginable, huge national cases. So, you know, their protection is kind of important. Um, federal juries, their protection is very important when they're hearing these cases and make big decisions uh, on, on people's lives. And, of course, the staff. And a lot of people don't realize the staff's pretty unique, too, because a lot of their clerks, they're, they're all attorneys. They're, I mean, they're attorneys with 20 years, um, you know, paralegals that, that have a tremendous amount of background. So it's, it's, and these appointments for a judge there, they're appointed by the president of the United States for life. For life. Well, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you've got advertisements here for, uh, you know, county district positions and they have to be elected. When you're made a federal judge, you're there for life. Now, is there, is a, uh, a date of age or something that they have to? No. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. We've so got we've got some hundred years old. You can I've got we've got judges there that have been appointed by Ronald Reagan. Oh, good gosh! Best, here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, 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 politics. This guy don't like. No, we've got Reagan. a calendar that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's yeah. a long story. It's a long story. You yeah. Don't, so you, you know, but you think so, uh, <laughs> and, and why would you do that? It's it's completely <laughs> different than state courts because when you're appointed for life, then. You can take a lot of the politics out, and you can go by the, what's the Constitution say, right? When it's politics, at <laughs> one time they explained to me it was that my my uncle was Bob Forbes. A lot of people know Bob Forbes. He was a, really he's your uncle. Yeah, he was my uncle. Yeah, oh, great. He had a great background, a Korean War hero. Man, he's an excellent um, dude, man. Excellent Love dude. So he was a defense attorney for the longest time, and I asked him one time. I said, "Why didn't you get into the?" Like insurance, so I got a cousin. She does insurance uh, attorney stuff, right? And as, you know, they always say if you go on the civil side, you make all the big money. We have huge multi-million dollar, like billion dollar cases over there at the Fourth Circuit, Fourth Federal Circuit in Charlotte. That's a big courthouse, and uh, you know, its rival, I guess, would be Atlanta. And that if you go north, it'd be Washington D.C. Right? So, um, so I asked him. I said, well, "What's the deal?" He says. Look, when they're, when they're looking at time and they're looking at grandma, grandma will sign over the house, all their money, everything, boom, just get them the least amount of time possible when you're a defense attorney. 
And the biggest thing, though, is is when it comes down to that day, when I mean, it's really getting you know, all the continuances are done or whatever else. Have they paid? <laughs> right? Well, you're right. Have they paid? Right? His, so a big a popular thing was, and I, I, you'll probably get a ton of like nasty grams from attorneys on this. Because, uh, yeah, they listen to us. They listen to you. Oh, yeah. You're high on their freaking list. And we are now. There. And so I, I, I distinctly recall hearing this when I was in court, when I was a, a sergeant, used to write a bunch of DWIs and all this stuff. And they'd say, hey, is, you know, do, do you have your witness here? Mr. Green is not here today. Right. I'd like a continuance. Well, Mr. Green is the guy ain't paid. Yeah. He ain't paid in the last 12 times we've been in court. Right. So it's kind of unique that, um, you know, it's a totally different element of how they do business. And when you get to federal court, everybody's been appointed, everybody's been paid, all that crap's out the window, what's the law? And so that that is a kind of uniquely – That's cool, yeah. Yeah. be nice to see, see actually as it plays out and applies to these, yeah, these bad yeah. guys. So regardless of what president puts them in there, we got people from – uh, Obama and Bush and Trump, whatever, they just make the decision based on what the law is. And you can't be stupid when you're up there because whatever law you make has a national impact, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And so let me noted nice. for our listeners, we said, don't be stupid. He looked to be dumb. See, now why do you take that? I mean, he's on Mike one. He thinks he owns this freaking. Oh yeah, well, he does have right. kind of. He does have the board. He's got and, the board in front of it. And and for the listeners, this is one of the coolest boards I've seen. And, and so. I'm part owner of that board. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. can't and I can't touch it. If it I touch like it, a, I, get my, I draw like it, a nub. Well, and the reason that is, Ed, once they learn to use the soundboard, uh-huh. they'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> it's <laughs> like Star Trek. You know the transporter yeah, thing? Yeah. You slide it up. Look at that thing. It, it's so for, for so for the listeners, it, it's kind of unique. It's like a, a huge, huge encyclopedia that you'd see that's on a prominent uh, podium at a library with all these beautiful colors, like B-Dub said, from it's Star Trek. Star Trek. And all these slides and stuff, and it's like a <laughs> transporter. It's pretty cool. All I know is I see the the red record button on. So. Well, you, you notice there are a lot of pictures. There's not a lot of words. <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. All right, with that said, we let's, run. We are running a little long. Let's rate this. Let's rate this here and then get the OCD uh, number five. With that being said, uh, and we talked about in the pre-podcast meeting that uh, B Dub actually made, by the way. Right, he did. He was here. Normally, before, normally we're late. Like, yeah, I did. Can we have you hang over for a second podcast? We'll do a second podcast and hit the other two. I like the way Excellent. you think there, Ed. All right, let's rate this OCD number five. I'm curious on this rating. Again, I'll be last because I'm biased. All right. I'll go. I'll start off again. I'm going to give her a six. Okay. No, I'm going to say a seven. All right. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it's six. It's, uh, it's, it's a little milder, uh, a little more spicier than – then yeah. the uh sweet yep all right all right ed what you giving it? I, i'm gonna give it a seven it's something that you can regularly go to so if you want to drink it by itself and you put in a drop of water again for the listeners you guys have explained this before you put the water in right it actually tones it down and we have that. I forgot to tell you, we have that in a yeah, dropper. That yeah, that's distilled water right there in a no, dropper. I, I like stuff on on ice. I, um, so again, you're I, in the right chair. Buck like things on ice too. And so see, so and I didn't I didn't think about that till I came in. So me and Buck were very much alike in that respect. And I apologize that we didn't have that. Re- no, since Buck okay. left, we just hadn't had a reason for ice. We I could add that little 
clanking sound in the background. It's six and a half. Okay. But I, I think this is something where you could either drink it straight, you could drink it neat, okay? Yeah. Or you could put it as a mixer and it has just enough spice to add a flavor to it. Because I've had some. Now, that's the only problem with the, the, the old crow, Beam's old crow, is you could put it as a mixer and you like is there any bourbon in this? Yeah, I think yeah. that'd be a that would make a great old fashioned. And I yes. think, I think but, it would. between yep. the two, yep. the first one sweet and the OCD, the OCD would be more of an introductory drink as opposed to between well, the two. It's not overpowering. Yeah, it's yep. not, no, it's just it's and, not going to. And to be the proof that it is, you're like you got to check the bottle. And you're like, yeah, really? You have it's going to be good on the palate, but it's not going to be overpowering on the yep. palate. Yeah. All right, so the first one is 8.3. It's a daily drink. And if you're a normal listener, you know, we that's, don't get a lot a, of daily drinkers. That's a high daily that drinker. That is high. I'm very surprised. Yeah. Thank you. All right, we. we oh, thank you. Thank you. Failed, <laughs> you supplied it. We failed to mention. Did you have a winner of the name of location? I don't. Uh, we did not. We uh, will carry over to next. Well, next week. You're making it until some other time. Yeah, some other time. We'll have a declare a winner. All right, we do have a gun raffle. Is, that's going do. very well. So if you want some tickets, you need to move pretty fast. Also, yeah. only 250 tickets sold. And only 250 <laughs> printed. Pour me another one, Ed. Let me clear this up here. <laughs> only, 250, uh, only 250 tickets printed yep, right. at $20 a piece, and the proceeds go to? A law enforcement charity. Uh, part of the proceeds. Part of it. Yeah. yeah. And the, the gun is a... Uh, uh, Palmetto AR fifteen AR fifteen correct yeah do we have a picture on our, on either our website yet no because we can't because Facebook would tear us down yeah. we use, yeah, if we use a crayon can we can we do it probably so yeah, hopefully hopefully Elon Musk will get Twitter yeah, Twitter yeah I've been listening to all day yeah. on the news I hope he does I mean, he, that he is gold. a big believer in freedom of speech forty three billion dollars I think is what his his offer is oh is that all maybe we should get in, get in on this yeah that's true so, maybe hey, we should know what him. The the value of the stock will jump skyrocket. Oh, yeah. so that's a win win for him. Oh yeah. Well, but if he bows out, it's going to kill the stock. <laughs> yes, it will. Well, also on the AR fifteen that you can win, uh, it's going to have a logo of bourbon and badges. Oh man, on, it's it going to have a logo the, of bourbon and badges uh, yeah. on the magazine part, the magazine. coming up to the receiver. So we're going to have that on it as well. Yeah. So it'll be unique cool. bourbon yeah. and badges AR fifteen. And I got a uh, I got a shout out if I can do it right quick. Shout it out, brother! This uh, this past Tuesday, I went to a uh, the Gaston County Bourbon Society held a first stop on the Gaston County Bourbon Trail, and I want to give a special <laughs> special shout out to uh, Bill and Michelle Crowder for organizing the event uh, and the Gaston Poorhouse for actually hosting the event there at the uh, their location. Poor is pouring a drink. Pour not, not pour as we come up. Right. Okay. P-O-U-R. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they hooked us up. There's probably about uh, about 20 people there. And, man, it was great to meet a lot of new people. That were looking forward to uh, seeing them again at some time. And a very, very special shout-out to, uh, to the bartender that night, which is uh, Carson McNown. She kept the drinks flowing. And, you know, you didn't have to wait or anything. So she was Johnny on the spot. That's always a plus. Yeah, it is. And uh, they're in the <laughs> process of planning a uh, second stop on the bourbon tour. And uh, once the details are, are finalized, we'll let everybody know on the uh, on the podcast. Good deal. Good deal. All right. Uh, shout out also to our, some of our uh, brothers and sisters out there as far as uh, Black Rival Trading Group. Don't tread podcast. Dylan, keep up the good work. 
Law Enforcement Today at lawenforcementtoday.com. Remember, we, we do have a donation button. If you don't want to buy a raffle ticket, donate the money <laughs> to the cause. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we need to keep the lights on, man. Any help we can get, we appreciate it. Uh, please leave us a positive review on any of the platforms you listen to us at. We're on every platform out there. And uh, word list to us as anywhere, right? We own everything out there. You know, I, I say discovered it, that. I say it every time. If you I got my notes here, I'm you got ahead myself. If you're not looking, you can't find us. You got to go. Look. <laughs> uh, also, we have a Facebook page, Twitter. And please leave us feedback. And you post your daily drinker that you drinking. Post anything you like on there. Just look us up and become a member in our private group. We'll certainly get you in there if you want to be there. Just please leave us a positive review and leave. Uh, that's all I got. And the, the Renegade Pig chapter shout out goes to the Forever chapter. Also, oh yeah, also the um, you email us at bourbon and badges at yahoo.com. All right. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and all that stuff like you said. We're everywhere, man. Anywhere yeah, you just gosh. go look. Just go look. Just You'll go find look. It. That's right. That's easy. That's what I say. Just go look. Yep. And uh, remember, let's drink about it and drink responsibly. Hound Dog, what has this been? Hound dog, get it, man! You you messed me up because you looked at B Dub and said, <laughs> well, well, hound dog. I, I, I mean, cut B Dub off. He looked at me and say no, something. Go ahead, go, no, go ahead, slow ride. You got Mike one. Go ahead. <laughs> this has been a Studio Seventy Seven production. Sounds good. Ed, thanks for being with us, brother. We appreciate it. Sounds wonderful. And remember, all you uh, first responders, be safe and get home. Uh, get home safely, pal.